want to bring on our first guest tonight, and we've been looking forward to talking to him for a while since we'll be, uh, I got the notice about his book, uh, uh, Billy the Hill McGill is our guest. His autobiography is called Billy the Hill and the Jump Hook. He was a leading scorer in college basketball back in the early 1960s, played for uh, Utah in college, played in the NBA and the ABA. He's got a fascinating uh, story to tell, and he joins us. Uh, tonight by telephone, we'll bring him on from uh, out in the beautiful city of L.A. tonight. And uh, Billy, thanks for joining us. How are you tonight? I'm fine. I'm fine. I, you know, it's really good uh, to hear you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell well, you, good to talk to you, Billy. Yeah, as Doug said, you got quite a story to tell, and uh, you sort of create a little bit of a, a new shot there that I. Bob Pettit was the last one I can remember that had, that had a little hook shot, but it wasn't anything like yours. No, you know what, Bob? When I was with uh, St. Louis, Bob kept asking me, like, you know, after practice, hey, how do you shoot that jump, that jump hook? So I used to work with Bob a little, you know, after practice, and ironically, he shot a little jump hook for his 20,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing, Billy. I mean, you could talk about it more than any of us because you never hear Bob Pettit's name mentioned when they talk about some of the great players. As you said, uh, played in St. Louis with really some great players out there, Slater Martin and company. But uh, at the same time, you very, very seldom hear anybody speak of Bob Pettit, and it's great that uh, we have a chance to talk to you, and you know him, and you played with him, and you played against him, and, and he was quite a player. Yeah, he was great. He was really great, and plus he was really a good guy. You know, back in my day, uh, you know, a lot of the guys in the NBA, they were just, um, I can't really come up with the word, uh, you know, they 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 were just hard nosed players. Well, you played against some of the all time greats, so not only in uh, in the pros, Billy, but in college. And reading your book, you talk about uh, going up against the uh, guys. Uh, people know the names of Jerry Lucas in, in college. Of course, you played uh, against Bill Russell and and, and Wilt Chamberlain in uh, different uh, different leagues. I mean, uh, you did see the best of the best. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, a lot of people be asking, uh, you know, who, who, who do I think the greatest players were? And, you know, I always say uh, Russell and Wilt. And they, you know, and then they talk about Shaq. I mean, Shaq is great, too. But uh, I, I always ask them, I say, well, tell me this, have you seen anyone like Russell or Wilt <laughs> since they played. <laughs> so that kind of, they think, you know, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I saw Wilt when he was at Overbrook High School in Philadelphia, and uh, then, of course, went on to Kansas for three years, and then he decided to come out that last year and play for the Globetrotters for one year. But uh, I agree with you, Billy. I yeah, when people talk to me about the greatest player, mm-hmm. you know, look at the pay scale of the NBA before Wilt got there, and look at the pay scale of the NBA when he left, and that'll tell you who one of the greatest players of all time was. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he raised everybody's salary. 
Yep, yep, I agree, I agree. Uh, yeah, I know, you know, I mean, I was lucky enough to be number, number one draft choice. I just wish I could have got some of that number one draft choice money back then. <laughs> in your book, Billy. I mean, he went through some tough times, but let's kind of start uh, toward the beginning. Uh, he mentioned, as we did at the top, uh, he played for uh, Utah in college, led the nation in scoring, uh, and, and is that where you developed the, the hook shot, or did you have that in, in high school as well? Well, no, I started shooting it uh, that one, that, that Saturday morning at Dinker Playground when Will Russell and Guy Rogers came to Dinker Playground uh, here in Los Angeles, and I was a junior at Thomas Jefferson High School, and somehow the Wolf and Russell was guarding each other, you know, and somehow Wilt switched off on me, and Russell passed me the ball, and he was hollering and screaming for me to shoot. And I was wondering, shoot how? <laughs> but anyway, you know, I went straight up, and I don't know. It just it happened. It happened. The jump hook. That that's when I uh, invented it against uh, Big Will. Well, you certainly you certainly were not the only one that uh, turned around and looked at the basket. Will was between you and the basket that said. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, 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 because I knew if any other shot, if I had a shot at, you know, it was a lot of people there because they, you know, heard that Russell and Wilt and Rogers was, you know, at our little gym that Saturday morning. But right. any shot I would have taken, oh, he, he would have knocked it probably through the door. <laughs> Well, you also mentioned Guy Rogers, and of course, Guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, was was one of the great guards of all time. He and Hal Lear worked together at Temple when they were at the backcourt, and and uh, Guy Rogers, of course, went on to have a great NBA career and great. Uh, settled down. He's passed away right. now, but I yeah, yeah, a lot of I went to his Temple University. Yeah, he was, I was great. I was doing the, I was doing the Temple University games, and I broadcast a lot of uh, Guy Rogers games, and. Uh, when we went out there to play UCLA a couple of years, uh, uh, just before he died, I hadn't seen him in some time, but yeah, uh, he was quite a player. Oh, he was great. He was great. Uh, like I said, you know, I look back, uh, like, it, you know, the modern day is a lot of great players. Uh, you know, LeBron, uh I don't know, Kobe, uh, and then, you know, Magic Bird and everybody, but I, I can't get out of my mind. I haven't seen anyone yet like Russell and Wilt. I mean, like I said, you know, Shaq, and it's, it's been some uh, Jabbar. They're great players, but... I, I just can't compare them with Russell and Wilt. And we're talking about, what, decades ago. Right. <laughs> Doug? You mentioned before about, about your playing high school ball, Billy. I mean, you were uh, something of a legendary player in high school in L.A. Everybody kind of knew you from, from your high school basketball uh, career. And then 
And then uh, you talk about it in the book, uh, going to Utah. That, uh, yeah. that must have been a bit of a culture shock for you, Billy. I mean, I know you kind of had a, you know, a rough upbringing in L.A., and then Utah is totally different from there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a cultural shock. But, you know, the people of Utah, I love them, and and they loved me, and it was just a whole complete uh, change. I mean, you kind of fear coming from the hood in Los Angeles and uh, and going, you know, to the clear air mountain area of Salt Lake City, uh, it was it was unbelievable. And I you know, I just thank God that I, that's where I chose to go because I love Jack Gardner. You know, my old coach, and he seemed like he loved me, and, uh, you know, he kind of took me in his hands and uh, kind of guided me through. Well, Billy, how were you recruited? Because with USC and UCLA, of course, the great, great teams at UCLA, how did you make the decision to go to Utah? Because I know you had to be really heavily recruited by the other schools as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I think... What was the number? I think I had maybe about 300 letters. Wow. That's quite a few. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I just, something in my heart just told me, you know, University of Utah, that's where I need to go. Great. And that's where I went. And, uh, you know, everything worked out. I just wish I could have came at I came in there with two good legs. Uh, my problem, you know, I ne- when I got my knee tore up in my junior year at Thomas Jefferson High School, uh, you know, I, I, I was I was always quiet, and uh, and I just I just started not telling nobody nothing about my knee and that's the way you know I carried myself nobody even knew about my knee right and uh, all I remember is the doctor told me he wanted to put a iron insert an iron kneecap this was my left knee into my knee he said oh as far as basketball you're you're done you know, he said my kneecap was, well, I didn't hardly have a kneecap after I got it hurt. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I loved ball so much that uh, I wouldn't, I didn't take that answer. But iron kneecap, uh, wow, it would have been bad going through airports. If you, if you had the medicine advantage, the medicine they have today, oh uh, yeah, yeah, they so much better shape. Right, yeah, they, you know, back then they they just didn't have the technology. No, you know, and uh, even around the '60s, uh, it was a lot better. But I had formed my attitude about you know not letting nobody know about my knee, which. You know, I should have, I should have uh, let someone know, but I didn't. And you know, what can I say? But uh, at Utah, you know, I often wonder 
you know, if I did that on one good leg, I, I kind of wonder what could I have done with two good legs. We <laughs> <laughs> described that in the book, uh, you know, having the knee drained. I mean, just reading about it makes you, <laughs> you wonder how you go through that. You know, I always read a Willis Reed uh, with the Knicks went through that. Of course, you you went through that in college and in the pros. I know you played with Willis, too. You're on that early uh, Knicks teams of the 60s. But uh, yeah. going through that uh, as often as you did, I, I don't know how you did that. Well, it was just, I don't know. You know, one thing, I don't know how I did it either. <laughs> but uh, it, it was, um, I don't know if, a, I don't know if as many players would have went through what I went through, uh, you know, getting my knee drained in between practices, the morning and then coming back that evening, you know, for uh, the evening practice, and whoa, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the, the the college years at Utah. We mentioned it; you were the leading scorer. I think it was something like thirty six points a game. Uh, the average back in uh, six, was it sixty two, Billy? Thirty eight point eight. Thirty-eight points a game. That, 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 yeah. That's pretty good. When you had players that era, you had, uh, like we mentioned, Jerry Lucas. I guess Oscar Robertson was playing then. You had, you yeah. had some great players yeah. that you were going up against. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when um, Ohio State, you know, Lucas, Siegfried, Havlicek, uh, uh, what, Bob Knight? You know who he is. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they came in the Salt Lake, and we beat them. I think we were the first team. They were number one in the nation, and we beat them that year. Uh, I, I think I still remember the points. Uh, Lucas scored 32 and had 17 rebounds, and I scored 31 and had 17 rebounds. Wow. So that was Pretty close, huh? But, but see, Lucas still had the two good legs. <laughs> he could shoot from the outside. People remember him with the Knicks with the long, long-range jump shots he'd shoot before the three-point line was in. I mean, he had oh, long yeah. bombs. Oh yeah. yeah, he was he was a great player. Lucas was a great, great player. Uh, and boy, they had a great team. But uh, we were third in the nation that year, and. Uh, you know, we had a great team, too. We had some horses. Don? I think we might have lost Don there, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, after Utah, Billy. You went on to uh, the NBA, and uh, was it Chicago? Is that the team that drafted you to the Chicago Zephyrs, right? Yeah, Chicago Zephyrs. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a... I don't know. It was a start of a nightmare for me with the Zephyrs. Um, you know, my self-esteem wasn't really high because of my knee. And uh, I'll never forget that first uh, pro, pro practice uh, that morning. I had... I had to go and get about 300 and something cc taken off of my knee, uh, and for that evening we were gonna, you know, scrimmage, and 
Here I am, you know, just Hello. got my knee drained, big Walt Bellamy, who was a monster. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, 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 I often look back and say, I kind of feel like you did. How did I even do it? But it was just the love of the game. Love of the game. I'll tell you, it's only one of the great things about going out to Chicago is not only the big bell out there, but that arena was one of the loudest arenas you'd ever go into in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of one of the coldest, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have any idea that uh, the short time you're with the Knicks that Phil Jackson would turn out to be the coach that he's been? Uh, you know, I really didn't think about it. Um, the New York Knicks, now that, you know, well, naturally, that was the best uh, season I've ever had in the NBA. Uh, I loved the Knicks. I loved them. Uh, Coach Donovan, you know, he was a great coach, and he, he, you know, he played who actually won minutes, you know, in in practice. And that's right. what I loved about him. He knew the Knicks in uh, the pre-Red Hutchman years, uh, when Willis Reed just came up, I think in '64, right? So you were there in that, in that kind of mid '60s yeah. year when the Knicks were building toward those championship teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew I knew Willis uh, was going to be a great ball player. Uh, I never forget the first scrimmage that we ever had. You know, and uh, it, it's funny. You know, I mean, and when you're scrimmaging. I remember the first jump hook I shot on him. He goaltended it and uh, <laughs> knocked it, you know, into the stands. But he go, you know, it was a goaltend, so nobody said nothing, you know. I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that sort of that, the heyday as far as I'm concerned, and one real question that I'd have to ask you, you talked about Will, you talked about Russell, you talked about Bellamy, uh, and I'm not going to take anything away from James. I mean, he, he's a great, great player. Yeah. But I'd like to see him go down the lane like he does now with yeah. Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you sound, you know the game. <laughs> you definitely know the game. I understand what you're saying. I don't know if a lot of people understand that, but uh, you're right. You're right. How about if Luskatov got a shot at him? Oh, oh. He, he would, he'd be out for two months. Jesus, Luskatov. <laughs> Remember when we first played Boston, uh, Russell didn't even play, you know, my rookie year, that first game that we played on. They put Luskatoff on me, and uh, Luskatoff walked me from under the basket almost to mid-court. <laughs> I mean, he just walked me just, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, dribble, and I'm looking at the ref, and the ref is just... Looks like he got a smile on his face. <laughs> so I guess they said, hey, number one draft choice, huh? Okay. 
I'll never forget that. The referee said, if you're a rookie, you better show me something before I'm doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking to Billy the Hill McGill. The name of the book is uh, Billy the Hill and the Jump uh, Hook. And uh, he mentioned Billy Howard's one of your better seasons with the Knicks. Was that your, your favorite time, I guess, in the NBA in New York? Oh, yeah. Uh, you seem to enjoy that the most, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, and then that's when uh, that amazing morning I woke up. We were getting ready to play the Lakers. And uh, first thing I do, you know, in the NBA, when I was in the NBA, time I wake up, you know, I'd go right to my left knee and feel it and, you know, a little massage it. And uh, yeah, for some reason, it almost felt normal. And uh, I remember going to the garden, you know, because I lived in the Bronx, going to the garden for that game. It was just, I, I can't really explain it. I knew I was going to have a good game against uh, the Lakers. And, and, you know, and that's when I scored uh, 41 points. I mean, my knee almost felt, I mean, normal. Right, and I'll never forget the, uh, you know, all of the sports writers. They never had seen a jump hook, and they was all asking me, "What kind of shot is that? Where did you learn how to do that?" So in the paper the next day, I'll never forget. They called it a kooky, K-O-O-K-Y, a kooky hook shot. <laughs> Well, before we let you go, I, I, I got to talk a little bit about the ABA because, of course, Whoa. I've seen, I, I worked with Julius Erving for such a long time when he was with the Sixers. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, some of the great players that uh, played in the, in, in the ABA and and obviously they incorporated some of the things in the NBA when they merged. But they had some great players over there. Billy Cunningham, good right. friend of mine, and, and Billy was a great player. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Um, yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, you know, when I was at Denver, the Denver Rockets, and that's when uh, Spencer came. Right. You know, I guess out of high school, he came to the Rockets. So... We went through it in practice, but I, I kind of knew I was gone. Me and Wayne Hightower, that was my best friend in the ABA. Um, Spencer was a great ball player, great ball player. But uh, everybody in the league, everybody in the NBA, everybody in the ABA, they all wanted to be the first one to block the jump hook. I mean, those centers, they was just, and, uh, you know, I used to talk a little trash because they would talk to me, and I'd, you know, I'd tell them, hey, if Wilt and Russell can't block it, hey, man, how do you think you can? <laughs> oh, that would make them mad. That would make them mad. That's a great name from the past. You mentioned Spencer Haywood, uh, played with the Knicks for a while. I think he played with Seattle and 
Uh, a good ball player, like you said, uh, Billy, but uh, ran into some hard times as well. And, and yeah. like you talk about in your book, and we don't, we don't go into the details now. I want the people to read the book, but after your basketball career, dude, mostly given knee problems. I mean, you went through some tough times, Billy, but uh, uh, just talking to you for this last half hour, uh, you seem to have kept that positive attitude, and you get that in the book. And uh, where, where do you think that came from, just to get through all this? Yeah, just, I don't know. Uh, it's just something I acquired uh, from, the, from I think, from, you know, my childhood. Uh, it was rough, kind of rough. And uh, the University of Utah, Jack Gardner, uh, you know, I even, I think I put, uh, I said, uh, this is dedicated to the memory of uh, my coach, you know, Jack Gardner. I mean, he right. seemed like he was always present with me. And uh, through the real hard times, I guess I kind of felt like, hey, I didn't ever want to let him down. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I didn't well, that's wanna, a great attitude. That's a great know, attitude. I didn't want to let him down. You know, I wasn't thinking about me. I was thinking about him and and the people you know that kind of helped me along the way because uh you know you get in that position you have all the excuse in the world i mean you know anybody can say hey well i can understand well no you really can't i mean it, it would be it would have been easy just give up and you know i could have went into the uh black hole and never came back. <laughs> well, you certainly didn't do that. One last player I'd like to ask you about because he certainly had his troubles, and unfortunately I don't think anybody got to see him. By the time he got to the NBA, uh, it was too late. But Connie Hawkins, I mean, <laughs> he was a giant. He was yeah. a giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had yeah. hands the size of uh, <laughs> the Rose Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. His hand looked like uh, those big uh, mitts that they use, uh, you know, right in in major baseball. <laughs> Catching those knuckleballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Connie. Um, yeah, so many of the old guys, though, you know, that I grew up with. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, they're gone, but uh, they're, a lot of them are remembered, and, you know, and I just, I just feel blessed. Hey, I'm still here, <laughs> still fighting. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I wish you the best of best of luck, and uh, you just told us before we went on the air that your book doesn't really come out till November. Uh, yeah. we, were sort of, we were sort of hoping that your uh, co-author would be on with us as well, uh, but we'll, what we'll do is we'll... we'll uh, Make sure that we get you on, uh, you know, a week before the book comes out or something like that so we can, uh, you know, sort of give everybody a chance to know it's coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, I wrote it, I started writing it, what, about 35 years ago. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, about 35 years ago, and it was in the bottom of the closet. Dust was on the manuscript. And I said, hey, what's this? I <laughs> started reading it, and, you know, I just kept reading it, and uh said, wow, this is pretty good. Did I write this? <laughs> but, um, 
you know, my memory was still great and good back then, so everything is, uh, you know, authentic. <laughs> His memory's still pretty good right now, some of the uh, stories he yeah. told with us on the air. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, you're a young guy. You're still a young guy. <laughs> hey, look here. I, you know, I mean, I can walk, but I <laughs> I couldn't jump an inch off the ground right now, behind my knees. I mean, not an inch. You doing okay now, Billy? I know, uh, you know, you went, like we said in the book, you went through some tough times financially, but it uh, seems like you're doing okay now, huh? Well, no, not really, but, I mean, you know, it's nothing new for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you You just... You know, you you wake up, you get up. You know what I mean? If right, you can. right. And uh, that's that's about the only thing that you know just keeps me going. And uh, you know, my my grandson, uh, you know, Ryan Watkins. Uh, uh, several years ago, when I could kind of move around, I worked with him on the jump hook. He's getting it down. So. <laughs> this year, he'll be How old is he? How old is he? I think uh, Ryan is, what, 20 or, no, 21, and he'll be a senior this year at Boise State. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, great, great. So he's shooting He's shooting the jump hook. Uh, you know, I, I look at a lot of the, these guys, uh, you know, they shoot like the big boy at uh, Indiana. I mean, they're shooting one and two feet jump hooks. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know, I, I was shooting, what, 20 feet from the basket. Right. From the, from the corner, like where they, shoot the, where they shoot the three-pointers. That's what I was shooting. So, but, uh, well, the name of the book me. is called... Uh... Billy the Hill and the Jump Hook, and, and Billy, we'll, we'll have you on again if, if you like, uh, come uh, November, we'll, we'll keep in touch with you, but in the meantime, uh, this interview will be posted uh, several places, and uh, we'll get the fit people a chance to, to hear you, and uh, really a pleasure to talk to you, Billy, and, uh, and hopefully uh, we can talk to you again. Thanks for being with us tonight. Okay, it was great, and it was my pleasure. Well, thank you very, very much. One quick one: uh, Are you a member? Do you are you still involved in the pension? Do you are you in the pension program or no? The, uh, for the NBA? Yeah. No, no. You know, like so many guys, you way back. You know, right. everybody was you know really needed their money, and uh, they so I I pulled my money, like many other. The other guys, and I guess uh, you know, once you pull all your money, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's uh, it. Thank you very, very much, Billy. It was a real pleasure to have a chance to chat with you. And as Doug said, uh, we'll definitely get you back on before the book comes out. And best of luck with that. And best of luck with those knees. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, it's something. These knees—they've been with me, you know. 56. I know how to walk, and I know how to walk up the steps, so that's, that's <laughs> okay. Thanks, Billy. We'll hey, talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Love you guys. I know. Take All care. Right. All right. 
I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America.